This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, where hundreds of researchers make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. Learn more about their momentum at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm the voice that's so beautiful a sea witch once tried to take it from me in exchange for leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, buddy. Let him know, Bill. (laughs) Bill Curtis. (laughs) And here is your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal. It's... Nagin Farsad. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, everybody. As Bill said, I am Nagin Farsad. Let the disappointment set in that I am not Peter Sagal. (laughs) Trust me, I'm disappointed, too. I could have been a white guy (laughs) who's into jogging. I mean, later on, the incredibly talented music producer Mark Ronson will join us to play our games, but First, it's your turn. The number is one eight eight eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hi, Nagin. <laughs> Hi. Who are you? <laughs> this is Tom from Juneau, Alaska. Oh my gosh, Juneau, Alaska. Sounds good, doesn't it? Right now. <laughs> What's it like over there? It is absolutely stunningly beautiful. All right, stop rubbing it in. (laughs) Wait for the Juno heat dome, okay? Yeah, right. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Tom, actually, let me first introduce you to the panel. First up, it's a comedian who you can see on the Wait Wait stand-up tour next month in San Diego and San Francisco. It's Alzo Slade. What's up, Tom? How you doing, man? Hi, Alzo. Nice to meet you. Likewise. Next, he's the host of the daily podcast TBTL and also the public radio show Livewire, which returns to the Alberta Rhodes Theater in Portland, Oregon, September 14th. It's Luke Burbank. Hey, Tom. Hi, Mr. Burbank. How are you? her debut on our panel. She's a writer and comedian who is currently on strike, living in L.A., which is short for Los Angeles. Uh, it's Shantira Jackson. Well, Tom, uh, welcome to Wait, Wait. You're here to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read three quotes from this week's news while melting your heart with his voice. And if you know two of them, you'll win our prize, which is the voice from anyone on our show on your voicemail. You ready? Well, I have my whole family here, so if my wife and I don't know the answer, we've got a a ringer lineup of our dogs and cats to back us up. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, here you go. Your first quote is Chris Christie insulting somebody Wednesday night. He sounds like chat GPT. That was Chris Christie talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, a man who stole the spotlight at what big event? That would be the first uh, Republican debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. (laughs) That's right, the debate! (laughs) Wednesday marked the start of campaign season with the first GOP presidential debate. Eight Republican candidates vied to get the chance to lose to somebody in jail. And... (laughs) (laughs) 
shine brighter than Vivek Ramaswamy's teeth. Uh, <laughs> panel, did you guys watch the show? Yo, Ramaswamy has some strong teeth, though. You must. Oh my God, <laughs> it's alarming. His teeth are alarming. <laughs> Honestly, the whole thing was wild, and I actually thought that the audience was some of the weirdest part of it. <laughs> like, the moderators had to keep turning around and telling the audience to, like, settle down. I mean, and for my money, I was like, come on, let them have fun. I mean, what's the worst that could happen when you rile up a bunch of Trump fanatics? It would it would have it would have definitely been entertaining to see the crowd just get rambunctious and just take over the stage and steal the lecterns and <laughs> <laughs> I just would have loved to see Mike Pence's hair messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that dude has Lego hair. Totally. <laughs> You guys missed this, but the first question to the candidates was about the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100, the song Rich Men North of Richmond. Uh, can you imagine if the song was still WAP? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like Mike Pence would have just turned into dust. He would have looked. <laughs> he would have looked off stage to see what his wife was thinking, and would have been like, "Mother." <laughs> which, which candidate do you think would have been most likely to twerk? <laughs> Probably Ramesh, uh, Ramaswari, because yeah. he's like shameless. Isn't he like rapping Eminem on the oh, campaign right. trail? Yeah. Like, like at every stop. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let us move on uh, to your next quote. It's a new official term from the Federal Aviation Administration. Skin to skin. Uh, that phrase describes an incident happening with increasing frequency when two what's almost crash into each other. Planes. That's right. Planes. <laughs> A new report from the New York Times finds that close calls, airplanes almost hitting each other both on the ground and in the air, happen more often than we thought, with 46 incidents happening last month alone. The FAA responded with a statement which was basically, I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. Is it just not enough space up there or what? <laughs> right? One of the things they attributed it to was that they have a lot of young pilots now because there was a pilot shortage and they've got new folks in the pipeline. And I, I can tell you that as a person who is rapidly advancing in age myself, I don't like it that most of the pilots are younger than me now. That does not make me feel super confident. And, and I don't like their plan for this, which is to put bumper stickers on planes that say, student pilot, please be patient. <laughs> don't like that. Or, or, or another one that says, if you can read this, you're probably too close. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here is your last quote. Whenever you skip your daily Starbucks, you're making money. That was a person on TikTok explaining girl math, a new way to think about doing what? Oh, I'm stumped. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't do social media, so you've got me stumped. This oh. also feels I like a real hit. minefield for you, Tom. <laughs> what do you think the girl probably is? is. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like my best course of action here is to ask for someone else to answer um, this question. <laughs> well, let me give you a hint. Okay, uh, girl math helps you with your finances. You just kind of say that back at me. It'll will really. Uh, I'm just like lock this question up. You with your plans. Hey, hey, Tom. That's Tom. right. It helps yes. you with spending money and managing money. Yes. 
You did so well with that. The, uh, the Washington Post is reporting on girl math, the latest way to feel like you're making money while going broke. Like, did you return a $100 pair of jeans? Treat yourself, because you just made $100. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk to me about how you Let do Let me tell you math. about girl math. Yes. Girl <laughs> math is you go to Marshalls, you go to TJ Maxx, yeah. you are a Maxinista, yes. and you buy a cup you do not need. And then you go, I don't need this cup. And you take it back, and you get a gift card for that cup. And guess what? That's free money. Free money. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here, here's some more examples of girl math, okay, for, for those of you who don't know, like Tom. Uh, if something is on sale and you don't buy it, you're losing money, okay? Mm-hmm. If you have money sitting in your Venmo account, that that's free money. Absolutely. 100%. Um, yes. So if you spend it, that money doesn't count. And if a friend pays you back for something, that's like stock dividends, okay? <laughs> That's These not are, how math works. <laughs> we didn't call it math. We called it what? Girl, Girl math. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> Girl I, math. Can it's I, for me. Can I be an ally? Because I do all of this stuff. This is If there's money in my Venmo account, that's just like found money. I will spend that on the most random stuff. Here's the thing. If you want to be an ally to Girl math, give me some money. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see that one up. And if, that, and if that's the case, I'm going to invoke equal opportunity. Okay. Bill, how did Tom do? Great. Three in a row. Happy Juno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you so much for calling in and have fun in Juno. Thank you. This was a delight. Bye, Tom. Okay, panel, it's your turn to answer questions from the news. Alzo, Ticketmaster has been selling special listening seats for more than $200 each for Beyonce's tour. They're just like regular seats, except you can't what? You can't see the show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right, you can't see anything. What? (laughs) (laughs) Do you... uh, want an experience that's just like listening to Beyonce on Spotify, except it sounds worse and you might get COVID? <laughs> Try listening seats. So wait, they, they, so you actually have to go to the venue and mm-hmm. she's performing. Yeah. So it's like the overflow in a, in a, a Southern Baptist church. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, same type of show. Do they, they don't even have it on a screen? No, you like are staring. I mean, look, these seats are basically situated behind pillars or other obstructions. Um, so they're not like listening seats. They're more like lean aggressively to one <laughs> side seat so you can try and see something. But mostly you're looking at a pillar. I'll be honest. I would do this and I would just have to go to the bathroom a lot. And I would just be right. like, yeah. excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom. Let me stand in this stairwell. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the deal, like, Look, we can't all afford seeing seats, so I get listening seats. But what are these $500 smelling seats? Mm-hmm. If it's Beyonce, it's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying $500 to smell Beyonce. <laughs> we are very different people. Yeah. I got the smell seats at the Ted Nugent concert. Big mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake. It smells like summer. It smells like summer. 
smell something fishy at the supermarket? It's our Bluff the Listener. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to play. In mere moments, we'll be back with more Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Luke Burbank, Alzo Slade, and Shatira Jackson. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal. It's Nagin Farsad. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Bluff the listener game. Call 1-88-WAIT-WAIT to play our game on air. Hello, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Emma. I'm calling from Bozeman, Montana. Hi, Emma in Bozeman, Montana. Is that town like riddled with Yellowstone cast members? (laughs) Probably, but I don't venture out much because I'm just sick of the inundation of people. <laughs> in Montana? <laughs> I like her. <laughs> well, I like her too. And it's so nice to have you with us, Emma. In this game, our pals will each share a story, but only one is true. And you have to figure out which is the true story. Bill, what's the topic? Something's amiss at the pack and save. Nothing is more dependable than the supermarket pack and save. It tells you everything you can expect right in its name. This week, we read about something surprising going wrong at a particular pack and save. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, First up, it's Alzo Slade. We all know when it comes to home cooking, the food is better the second day, third, and fourth if you're adventurous. (laughs) Meatloaf, lasagna, mac and cheese, it's like the seasonings come alive after hanging out and having a sleepover in the refrigerator. (laughs) A pack-and-save supermarket in Canada made headlines for its new beloved line of prepared foods affectionately known as Mom's Leftovers. It was a huge success with customers lining up at the supermarket cafe for their lunch meal that reminded them of home. Well, there's a reason why the meals tasted like somebody's home. That's exactly where they came from. (laughs) Turns out that these meals were repackaged leftover food from the employee break room refrigerator. (laughs) It started out as a cost-cutting measure that was successful until they tried to sell Brett's special loaded nachos, which had all the customers running. (laughs) (laughs) 
right, so leftovers repackaged and sold from Alzo Slade. Your next story of a packin' problem comes from Shantira Jackson. A London branch of the Pack and Save supermarket chain recently made headlines when it was discovered that a deli worker had been charging people extra money and pocketing it when they ordered sandwiches she thought were gross. <laughs> <laughs> she called it a nasty tax. The deli worker was a recent culinary school grad who said, quote, I deserve to be compensated for the fact that some people have no taste. Sandwiches she raised the price on included the British Museum Witch, which is when you steal a little bit of everything from other sandwiches and hold it captive in one sandwich. <laughs> the Royal Family Sandwich, where all the ingredients must be white. The final sandwich she upcharged was the Brexit, a rusty, dusty, crusty, raggedy-ass breakfast sandwich mostly ordered by Tories. <laughs> Until she was caught, the deli worker pocketed 12,000 pounds in nasty tax revenue. She has since been fired and asked to return the money. When asked if she felt remorse, she said, quote, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A woman who's charging extra for nasty sandwiches from Shantira Jackson. Your last story of a grocer gone wrong comes from Luke Burbank. It seems like every day there's a story in the news about something new and amazing that AI can do, and now we can add poisoning mankind to the list. <laughs> Pack and Save decided to create an AI meal bot named Savy that was supposed to suggest recipes, but something went a little haywire in Savy's brain, or the machines are finally turning on us, as we knew they would, because Savy started suggesting meals like bleach-infused rice surprise. <laughs> Surprise, there's bleach in it. <laughs> and also Oreo vegetable stir-fry. One recipe, Savy called aromatic water mix, which would actually create chlorine gas. <laughs> <laughs> the bot described it as the perfect non-alcoholic beverage to quench your thirst and refresh your senses. What Savy failed to note is that inhaling chlorine gas can cause lung damage or death. A spokesperson for the supermarket said they were disappointed to see a small minority have tried to use the tool inappropriately and not for its intended purpose. They also noted that Savy has terms and conditions stating that users should be over 18 if they want to poison themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Emma, this is what you have. You've got... A story about leftover food being repackaged and sold from Alzo. You've got a woman who's charging extra for gross sandwiches from Shantira. And from Luke, you've got an app that gives you poisonous recipes. Which one of these is real? Um, the third story. The AI. Okay. Well, and to find out the correct answer, we spoke to someone reporting on the real story. Customers realized that the app would recommend a meal based on just anything. The, the most extreme example was uh, chlorine gas producing drink. That was Dan Ladenhall, a correspondent for the Daily Beast who reported on the real story. Congratulations, Emma, you got it right. Super excited. Well, for Luke, you not only earned a point for Luke, but you've won our prize, the voice of whoever you choose on your voicemail. By the way, there's a wonderful array of Nagin Farsads to choose from mm -hmm. for that voicemail, so I encourage you to limit your selections. Thank <laughs> you all amazing. Love you. Love the show. Thank you so much for playing with us today. Thank you for having Bye, me. Emma.
something tiny. It's not my job. Mark Ronson has won Grammys, a Golden Globe, and an Oscar for co-writing and producing music for Amy Winehouse, Lily Allen, and Lady Gaga. He is a staple of weddings everywhere with his hit song, Uptown Funk. This year, he composed the score and produced the soundtrack for the Barbie movie. There you go. That's weird. So don't be shocked the next time you're at a wedding and everyone is dancing to I'm Just Ken. <laughs> Mark Ronson, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Um, so we're so excited to have you here. And my, one of my first questions is about Uptown Funk. It was such a phenomenon, but do you remember where you first heard it in the wild? I do. I remember being in an Uber and hearing it like, I think I was like coming home, maybe I was a little drunk coming home from a club at two in the morning. And it was like, it was the first time I ever heard it on the radio and it was the most exciting thing ever. And uh, I remember saying to the driver, I was like, this, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the- listening to like Bruno Mars going like, don't you know, and he's like, it doesn't sound like you. Like, I, I'm like, oh, so no, I mean, I, I produced it. But anyway, no, it was so exciting. Um, did you have an inkling then that it was going to be this worldwide phenomenon? Well, not by the Uber driver's reaction, but I also <laughs> thought that... I thought, I, 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 you know what it was? Mm. That song we worked on for a really long time, about seven or eight months, because Bruno is so such a perfectionist. I kind of am. Jeff Basker, the other producer, we are in our work. So by the time we finally stopped bickering about it and got it to a point where we all felt good, we're like, wow, if it, if it passed this peanut gallery, at least we know, you know, we feel good about it. But well, everything that happened after that was just such a wonderful thing. I mean, when you put a song out, it's no longer yours. It belongs to everybody. And then they decide what happens with it. So that's kind of what happened with that song. So I want to talk to you a little bit about being a DJ. Uh, we talked before the show. And as you know, I have, in fact, shaken my booty, as it were, um, at a club where you were DJing. And it was just an incredible night. It was so fun. Um, but it made me think, you probably see a lot of weird stuff on the dance floor. Um, are you, like, basically embarrassed for everyone as you see them dancing to your music, or...? I mean, I, I pretty much... I think part of the reason why I, I became a DJ, I'm sure subconsciously, because I'm such a bad dancer that I picked this job where I would never really have to dance. Like, I'm just in this sort of, like, like secret area where no one can really see what I'm doing from the waist down anywhere with my legs, no matter how out of rhythm I might be. But I think that... No, that I, any, if anybody's dancing, that's good enough for me. So, I, I mean, I have seen some... One of my favorite things, you know, in my early days of DJing in, in clubs in New York in the 90s, RuPaul once came into the club, it was somewhere where I was DJing, and, and this was when Ru was in sort of plain clothes in a very handsome suit and came up to me and was just like, at the end of the night, you're making me dance so much, you're making my booty hurt. And I just thought that that was... <laughs> So cool that I put that on a business card. I just made <laughs> business cards that just said like, "You're making my booty hurt, RuPaul." <laughs> Available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> well, let's talk 
about Barbie, another worldwide phenomenon. I want to talk to you about scoring the movie, uh, which you also did. Now that you've scored a movie, do you find yourself scoring like dramatic moments in your own life? <laughs> or just like mundane, like you're just, oh, you're just like chatting with the barista and then it's like, min, in, in, in. It's funny because now I'm just so hyper attuned to like, it could be the music in a Burger King commercial. I'm like, oh, I see why they did that. <laughs> that, song, that song legit slaps. <laughs> be gay, yeah, have it your way. <laughs> I, I, I'm so now suddenly have like, so, like, I just, now all I can do is I can't even watch a movie. If you don't even hear the dialogue, I'm just constantly uh, paying attention. So I heard this weird factoid about you. Is it true that the song, I Want to Know What Love Is, was written about your mom? Yes, that is absolutely true. I would Um, hope so, because that would have been insulting. You don't can't talk about somebody's mama like that. yeah, my my stepfather, uh, Mick Jones, who who my my mom married when I was a ten, and uh, he wrote that song, uh, you know, for her. And it's like, I mean, it's definitely setting the bar pretty high. Like as a kid, like, okay, well, you're not going to write anything as good as that for anybody. But also, what was more funny is that he had written a song. He tried to tell that he wrote the song Waiting for a Girl Like You as well. That was another big ballad that he had for her. And she was like, you wrote that song like five years before you met me. He's like, right, but I was waiting for a girl like you. <laughs> now that, that's, that's, that's man math right there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I did something great always... a long time ago. I need credit for it now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, oh, my stepdad has game. That's cool. <laughs> but the kids call it Riz? Yes. Got that Riz. Got that Riz. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, we've asked you here to play a game that we're calling... What about that downtown funk? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when I don't use foot spray. (laughs) So you, of course, released the smash hit Uptown Funk, so we're going to ask you about downtown funk or stinky city smells. And amazingly, in this quiz, we only use the word urine once. Now, answer... Answer two out of three questions correctly, and you'll win our prize for one of our listeners. Bill, who is Mark Ronson playing for? Brad Martin of Seattle, Washington. <laughs> All right. It's okay. a 206. I have to represent. Yeah. Brad, let's go. Let's okay. go. All right. Here's your first question. Most towns come to their funks naturally, but some create their own, including Lincoln, Nebraska, which in the winter smells like what? Is it A, nutmeg, which they mix in with their road salt? Is it B, new car smell from their factory that makes artificial new car smell kicking up production? Or is it C, animal pee, which they spray on their pine trees to keep people from stealing them for Christmas trees? I'm going to go with C, because that's the funkiest. (laughs) (laughs) And that is correct. The answer is animal pee. Because, like, the whole thing about the funk, and I know that I'm not on camera for most people, is, like, that kind of face, you know? And, like, (laughs) nutmeg is not making me. (laughs) Um, All right, here's your next question. 
Lots of cities have bad smells, but not every city has a song about how bad it smells. Which of these is a real recording? Is it A, the aroma of Tacoma? <laughs> is it B, my dear Eureka, how Eureka? <laughs> or is it C, Pueblo, Colorado, smells like a rotten egg made of dead skunks? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck punching that one up, Bronson. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with A. Yes, it is the aroma of Tacoma. Some, uh, some combination of a paper mill, an oil refinery, and Tacoma's natural stank made a smell so strong it was immortalized in song. Not going to lie. It's a bop. <laughs> Do you know that that mill is closing down? They announced it this week because I'm from back there. So the aroma of Tacoma is going away in the next like oh. few months. So oh. sniff it while you got it, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is your last question. GQ magazine published a list of the best-smelling cities in the world, including New Orleans, which they praised for what combination of scents? Was it A, incense and sweat? Was it B, old beer and frying fat? <laughs> or was it C, strawberry hurricanes and puked-up strawberry hurricanes? <laughs> um, I... This C sounds so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. The answer is B, uh, old beer and frying yeah. fat. Got New Orleans on the good smelling list. Yeah. Um, all right, Bill, how did Mark do on our quiz? Well, he's a winner, two out of three. Mark, congratulations. We'll give you another Emmy for this. is a Grammy and Oscar-winning producer, writer, and DJ who composed the score and produced the soundtrack for the Barbie movie, Mark Ronson. Thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thanks so much. In just a minute, Bill shocks your peacocks in our listener limerick challenge game. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to join us on air. Stay tuned for more Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Front Door. We all have that endless home to-do list. Repair the leaky dishwasher, fix the fridge, get the faucet to stop dripping. Get it all done with Front Door, the one-stop home repair and maintenance app. With Front Door, you can video chat with home repair experts, diagnose the problem faster, and cross off that to-do list. Now, when your home needs fixing or maintenance, just open the Front Door. Download and get unlimited video chats with an expert for just $25 a year. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu with Black Twitter, A People's History from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, Black Twitter, A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.
From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Alzo Slade, Shatira Jackson, and Luke Burbank. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, filling in for Peter Sagal. It's Nagin Farsad. Thanks, Bill. In just a minute, Bill philosophizes, I think, therefore, rhyme am. Oof. If you'd like to play, give us a call at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-9248-924. But first, we have some more questions for the panel. Luke. This week, the New York Times told the story of a man who has been hiding a secret from his spouse for 15 years. What is the secret? Uh, that he had both a Tinder and a Grinder account. <laughs> um, can I get a hint? Yes, yes. It's ironic because his partner will never trust him again. Uh, he admitted that he didn't trust her. He admitted something to his partner. What am I missing here? You're like, you're just like not going to get this point (laughs) is what's happening right now. This guy has not admitted to his partner partner that he's he's super super rich and and has a trust trust fund. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy wrote to the Times ethicist column, quote, unbeknownst to my spouse, I have a trust fund that provides me with a monthly income of $25,000. Months. Here's the deal. They've been together for 15 years, and this has never come up. It's a great conundrum for the ethicist because it raises an interesting question. When is the right time to tell your wife you've just been pretending to go to work every morning for the past decade? I read this story because he, 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 he kind of tried to tell her, hey, babe, you don't have to work anymore. We're good. And she's like, what do you mean we're good? He said, I'll make enough money for both of us. You mean by working at Subway? They don't pay you enough. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, it is kind of good news. Like, if you're in the relationship. I would beat his ass. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Really, even though you were going to be getting, even though... I'd beat his ass. If I had to go to work, have you ever been to a job? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I do, I do this. <laughs> all my life I've been working. I'd be mad as him. <laughs> uh, all right, Alzo. Yes. This week, the Washington Post gave us great advice on how to make your house look clean without doing what? Cleaning it. That's right, without actually cleaning your mm-hmm. house. Yes. <laughs> I got this. (laughs) The Washington Post gave eight tips for how to fake clean your house before guests come over so it looks amazing but is still disgusting. All you need to do is wipe down the surfaces, plump up your pillows, make sure it doesn't smell terrible, and then shove everything loose into the laundry basket to deal with later. Isn't that cleaning? (laughs) No, that is, say it with me, boy man. Boy All you do is wipe down every surface, (laughs) vacuum the floor, do the dishes. The Washington Post came out with it. Bachelor's been doing this for decades. You can ask a 12-year-old boy to write that article. Um, Yeah, the Post also mentions turning up the lights because apparently brighter spaces look cleaner. Mm. Um, But wouldn't it make more sense to turn off all the lights? No, 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 no. If you turn on the lights early enough before they get there, the roaches start to get yeah. running yeah. high. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
It's lightning fill in the blank, but first, it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you want to play on air, you can call or leave a message at one eight eight eight. wait wait That's one 924 You can see us here most weeks at the beautiful Studebaker Theater in Chicago or on the road. We'll be in Los Angeles on September 28th and in Hartford, Connecticut on October 19th. And don't miss the Wait Wait stand-up tour. Coming up, we'll be in San Diego September 27th and San Francisco on September 29th. Tickets and information on all of these at nbrpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Carl Hester from Nashville, New Hampshire. Hey, Carl. What, what do you do there in Nashua? I am a Lutheran pastor. Wow. Do you just have um, the weight of everybody's rage on your shoulders all the time? <laughs> No, not not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Carl. Bill Curtis is going to read you three limericks. The last word will be missing, and if you can guess that word on at least two limericks, then you win. Here's your first limerick. This peacock's a pain in the neck to me. Their broods are more than we expect to be. To slow down their clip, we'll give them a snip. Male peacocks will get a... Vastectomy. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Pinecrest, Florida is overrun with peacocks, so city officials are paying over $20,000 to bring down the population by giving their peacocks vasectomies. It seems crazy, but do you know how hard it is to get a condom on a peacock? <laughs> you know, but you know, this is actually a really interesting story because they don't want the male peacocks to know that they're shooting blanks because they still want them to peacock. So they are capturing uh. them, putting them under, giving them a vasectomy, and then turning them loose because they like their pretty feathers and all that. And if they were to just, you know cut off all of the stuff, then the peacocks would stop peacocking. They also like to fight Teslas because they're so shiny that they think it's another peacock. I like, I like that. Right? By the way, Luke, you just said male peacock, which is a tautology, and we will be getting hate mail from NPR listeners. I apologize. Peacock and oh. peahen, right? Yes, yes. exactly. Oh. Commissioners approved the plan last month saying, weirdest Eagle Scout service project I've ever heard, but go for it. <laughs> um... Here's your next limerick. Salmonella provides a big hurdle, but no smooching would make my blood curdle. Those reptiles with shells, they all cuddle so well. So I will not stop kissing my... Turtle. Yes. That's right. a salmonella outbreak, the CDC is begging Americans to stop kissing their turtles. I mean, over-the-shell stuff is fine, but... <laughs> <laughs> or you guys don't seem phased by this. Are you guys just, like, making out with your turtles all the time? No. I'm black. I'm yeah. not kissing nothing in the mouth. <laughs> no, but this is crazy. The CDC announced that at least 26 people in 11 states have recently fallen ill due to a salmonella outbreak linked to pet turtles and warns Americans to stop kissing them, even if they're beloved pets. I mean, you'll get sick and you'll just lead them on. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice. I appreciate that it's 11 states because I'm from Florida and I'm assuming that 10 of the states are that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. 
right. Here is your last limerick. For Nintendo, I was a big stario. <laughs> With Luigi, I drove a nice cario. <laughs> For stars, we jump higher, but now I retire. No longer say, it's a me. Mario. That's right. <laughs> Charles. Martinet has been the voice of Mario for 32 years, spending decades recording catchy phrases like "It's a me, Mario" and "Woohoo!" and <laughs> "It's a me, Mario." <laughs> Martinet retired this week, and now Nintendo is looking for a new voice of Mario. But I kind of feel like they can just use the old recordings for yeah. forever. Yeah. They said they should let me do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's me, Mario. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dead ringer, Alzo. That was spot on. Yeah, is there like a, I'm not totally up to speed on the Nintendo universe, but are there other projects where Mario talks more than like the game that I used to play where the princess was always in another castle? Because he yeah. had no lines. No lines. Exactly. The most that I have seen Mario speak is in the most recent Mario movie, oh. and he don't even talk like Mario. Well, no, he doesn't <laughs> use that accent. Maybe their plan is to have Mario start commenting on current events like, R.I.P. Pregoso. Hey. (laughs) All right, Bill. How did Carl do? Carl hit them all from Turtles to Mario. Three (laughs) in a row, Carl, you won. Yes. Thank you so much for for calling in, Carl. You bet. Thank you, McGee. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore makes products that stand the test of time and hope to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Empowering your best life in clothing that can be worn for just about any activity from running to yoga. Visit viore.com NPR to receive 20% off your first purchase and enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Now it's time for Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank, the the last game of the show, and let's be honest, the most stressful. (laughs) Each player has 60 seconds to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer is worth two points. Bill, what are the scores? Alzo and Shatira each have two, and Luke has three. Mm. Okay. How did Luke get three? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Shantira and Alzo, you are tied for second, and I'll arbitrarily choose you, Alzo, to go first. Are you ready? Yes. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Sunday, parts of California were hit with a combined weather event called a blank. Uh, uh, A hurricane. Right. On Wednesday, the counteroffensive in blank reclaimed the city of Robotin. Ukraine. Right. This week, India became the fourth country to successfully land on the blank. Moon. Right. 
On Tuesday, the Teamsters ratified a new contract with package delivery service blank. UPS. Right. This week, a mission to remove a large piece of space junk from the Earth's orbit was derailed when blank. Teamsters went on strike. (laughs) (laughs) When the space junk was hit by other space junk. On Monday, viral country star Oliver Anthony became the first artist to have their debut at number one on the blank chart. Billboard? That's right. This week, a destination wedding in Italy had to be put on hold after the groom's dog blanked. (laughs) Poo-pooed. No, after the groom's dog ate his passport. (laughs) (laughs) A little laxative may help. (laughs) Bill, how did Alzo do? Alzo, you did very well. Five right, ten more points, total of 12, puts you in the lead. Shantira, that means it's your turn. Are you ready? Sure. All right. (laughs) Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, it was reported that the mercenary leader who led a coup against blank has died in a plane crash. Russia. (laughs) Right. On Thursday, Maui County announced it was suing Hawaiian Electric, alleging it's responsible for the blanks that ravaged the island. The fires. Right. This week, 22 states faced alerts over excessive blank. People doing stuff they ain't got no business. (laughs) (laughs) No, heat. This week, a woman in Texas was suspected of driving drunk after she blanked. Hit something while she was drunk. (laughs) I'll give it to you. After she crashed into a don't drink and drive sign. (laughs) On Sunday, Spain beat England 1-0 to to win their first ever women's blank. World Cup, and old boy didn't even show up. (laughs) Right. On Monday, U.S. sprinter Shikari Richardson won the blank dash. The 100, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The 100 dash of the World Track and Field Championships. This week, police in Australia were searching for a man charged with lighting a series of fires and for blanking. Telling everybody he did it? (laughs) (laughs) No, and for having two live ducklings in his pants. (laughs) I would have never got that. I don't feel bad. How did you you lose that one? In what Australian police are calling pretty much a typical day on the job, they've charged a man for arson and also for having two live ducklings in his pants. But that's not a crime. He should be celebrated. When he put them in there, they were just eggs. (laughs) Bill, how did Shantira do? Five, ten more points, 12 total. Shantira, you and Aldo... Are are still tied. in second place. <laughs> no, no, you're way ahead of me. Oh, yeah. I got to get a lot right to catch up right. with you Right. How many does Luke need to win? Five right. Okay, Luke, this is for the game. Okay. Fill in the blank. On Thursday, former President Blank turned himself in at Georgia's Fulton County Jail. You love to see it. Donald Trump? <laughs> right. On Tuesday, the White House announced a $5 billion push to develop new blank vaccines. COVID. Right. This week, South Carolina Supreme Court allowed the state's six-week blank ban to take effect. Abortion. Right. On Wednesday, the WGA rejected a proposed contract opting to extend their blank. Strike. Right. This week, the SWAT team had to be called in after a fight broke out at Canada's blank event. T. 
Tim Hortons opening in Ontario. <laughs> Canada's a soccer for peace event. <laughs> According to a new study, too much blank time is linked to developmental delays in toddlers. Screen. Right. On Sunday, Blank officially became the highest-grossing movie of 2023. Barbie. Right. This week, police in the UK began taking measures to stop a huge surge in people blanking on tombstones. Laying? I'll give it to you. Having sex on tombstones. (laughs) (laughs) Authorities in Suffolk, England have begun blocking access to tombstones after a surprising number of people have been caught having sex. Which is really weird, but not as weird as the guy who started off the act by saying, this is what grandma would have wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Bill, did Luke do well enough to win? Well, he got seven right, 14 more points. A total of 17 means he's the winner. In just a minute, we'll ask our panelists to predict what'll be the big surprise at the next presidential debate. But first, let me tell you that Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions. Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godeke writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shana Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Special thanks to Blythe Robertson and Monica Hickey. The prize for most subtle mustache goes to Peter Gwynn. Our vibe curator is Emma Choi, technical direction Lorna White, our CFO is Colin Miller, our production manager is Robert Newhouse, our senior producer is Ian Chillag, the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Mike Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the surprise at the next debate? Luke Burbank. Everyone has to kiss a picture of Donald Trump on stage with tongue. (laughs) Shantira Jackson. We're going to have the first candidate to ever film a TikTok. (laughs) Alzo Slade. A trapdoor triggered by all statements not rooted in fact. (laughs) (laughs) And if any of that happens, panel, we'll ask you about it here on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Luke Burbank, Alzo Slade, and Shantira Jackson. And thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Nagin Farsad, in for Peter Sagal, and we'll see you next week. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.